Boom. I'm back in your face, in your ears at the same time. Well, not in your face. I'm back in your ears and what? On this new episode of Reckless Digest, blessings are raining from the sky, yet the floor is still lava. R. Kelly will not stay his black ass in jail no matter what it seems. I finally give my thoughts on the extended Empire episode playing out across American television, also known as the Jesse Smollett incident. Pet Peeves makes a surprise appearance on the show, and we discuss name changes. Will Reckless Digest remain Reckless Digest? We'll find out. Let's get into it. Boom. A wild bad bitch has appeared. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Reckless Digest. I am your host, Patrick Coda, also known as Big Old Freak in your father's phone, also known as Thickness in your Uncle Larry's phone, and I don't want to comment on it. Welcome back, everybody. We're officially on episode 12 now. Um, before a lot of y'all, it'll probably be your very first time listening. Um, the podcast has been a bit of a secret work in progress the last couple of months and mostly on a need-to-know basis, and a lot of y'all hosts simply have not needed to know. But that's okay because you're here now, and I'm impartial towards it. So good for y'all. Um, let's go ahead and get into our very first segment, which is going to be the icebreaker portion. So the icebreaker segment is basically going to be me talking about several little small things to essentially break the ice leading into the other segments. So that could be announcements that I have about the podcast or about myself, um, little things having to do with my week or my weeks prior to the episode launching, small things like that. So we'll go ahead and get into that now. Um, I have a handful of announcements to make, but I also want to go over some housekeeping rules since they're there may be new listeners. Um, yeah, we'll do that. So number one, occasionally, rarely, sometimes, if I feel like it, I share very personal bits of my life here. Now, if I do that, please don't take that as a green light to message me about the situation. I don't like the word safe space per se, but this is a comfortable place for me to express and release certain feelings. I do not feel comfortable rehashing that info with you. Number two, every now and again, rarely, sometimes, if I feel like it, I talk about certain hot button topics like race and race relations and certain political figures and et cetera, et cetera, and so on. If you think conversations about race are counterproductive or even divisive, the show might not be for you. And that's okay. And I definitely don't want to say or give the implication that you can't listen to the show or that you shouldn't listen to the show. You can listen to whatever the hell you want. What I'm saying is, sweetest of heart, to you, if you take note of what I just said, knowing that my moral compass points north and yours points super south and decide to listen and you get upset and you come into my messages or on my post for the podcast with that bullshit, I'm going to hurt your feelings and I'm going to block you. I have no issue um, having discussions with people. I have no issue with dialogue. What I have an issue with is people who have certain set mindsets that they are not wanting to change on, who don't want to come into certain spaces and conversate or converse and um, dialogue with people they want to argue. That's what I'm not going to do. So, it's at the beginning of the episode. This is the disclaimer. Don't come at me with that bullshit. Turn it off if you feel like it's not going to be for you. Number three, um, be nice. You never know what people are going through. And most importantly, you never know what people are capable of. You might say something real reckless to me. 
no pun intended. Um, and I'm liable to take your whole nigga from you. Your whole nigga. Redress him, rebrand him, and maybe re-gift him to you for Christmas. Just because I can. So be nice. Um, and that's that. Now, on to the announcements. Um, so after dragging my job across melted asphalt in the last episode, your boy is happy to announce that he has received an offer and I'm now a full-time employee with my job. I actually am coming up, um, coming up on my one-year anniversary being with them tomorrow. Um, so the most important thing out of this is that I have health insurance now and I can go see a doctor without paying $75,000 for a hot blanket and some Tylenol. So I'm excited. Um, in other good news, my most recent episode, New Year Similar Me, which I thought was going to be my most listened episode after my two-month hiatus that I took after my Christmas episode, has surprisingly gone on to be my most listened episode ever, and I'm really excited about it. And I feel like, to me, I don't care what anyone says, engagement and validation are extremely important important in the beginning stages of creating, especially for someone like me who is overly critical of everything they do and operates off the factory setting of bitch, this is trash and you're trash. So thank you to anyone and everyone who took the time out to listen. And lastly, I want to give two shout outs to the um, to two podcasts from two people that I thoroughly enjoy. I cannot talk. Um, Y'all might remember Red who was my co-host in episode 10, Bare Bones. Um, Well, she gave me some positive words of encouragement when I kicked myself about my episode and how I thought it was going to be my least listen. She said, well, be positive. It could be your most listened or or your second most listened or you, you don't know that it'll be your least listened episode. And me being the pessimistic person to the core that I am, the realist in my head that I think that I am, I said, okay, girl, yeah, uh-huh, whatever, if you say so, I guess. Um, and here it is, my most listened episode, and with minimal to no promotion at all, no interaction at all, basically. Um, you don't know, like, you you just, you don't know. <laughs> and she said that, and I didn't know. You never know with things like this. Um, and so I wanted to say thank you, and I love you. I appreciate your words of positivity. You really don't know. Um and if y'all don't know, Red has her own podcast on here on the Anchor app. And it's also on Google apps and um, Google podcasts, I should say, and Apple podcasts. It's called Uniquely Spoken. Um, it's a mixture of pop culture topics mixed in with self-help, come to Jesus moments and random cats. Um, so I'll more than likely link the most recent episode in the description tab. So go ahead and give her a listen and support. Um, I also want to give a shout out to my best friend, Aria Elaine, who's just started her own ASMR podcast on Anchor called Tippy Sounds. Um, there's things like mouth sounds, random tappings. Sometimes she throws ice cream against walls or breaks plates in the background. I don't know. I don't. The audio quality is pretty good and her daughter makes appearances. So you should definitely give it a listen. Um, and I'll link the podcast in the description section as well. And I think. That's just about it. Um, oh, I think that I'm probably gonna, I may be doing a thing and I'll probably talk more on that later after it has happened, but I may be doing a thing with some people that I know, not anything big and serious, um, but a thing. And I'm probably going to get back onto Twitter just to 
to promote my stuff a little bit more and cloud chase. So yeah, look forward to that. So I think that's going to wrap up the icebreaker section. We're going to go ahead now and get into our very next segment. Alrighty, so we're going to go ahead and hop right into our very first segment, which is going to be thank you, I love you, fuck you. Now, we're going to be deviating from the usual format of the show, which usually sees this segment closing out the show, or it's usually at the very end before the closing. Um, But we're going to do like the last episode, and we're going to place it right at the top of the episode, because it's quickly become one of my favorite segments, if not my favorite segment, since I introduced it in the show a few episodes back, and because I have things to say um i also have been feeling in my spirit the name of the segment um i've been feeling it as the name of the podcast overall as well instead of reckless digest but i'm also unsure about it um so any opinions y'all have on that would be appreciated but i'll probably end up making a decision on it as well i feel some type of way and maybe i'll do like a poll on facebook um Reckless Digest doesn't has it just hasn't had the same sting as whenever I first started the podcast. But a friend of mine also brought up that for branding, branding wise, thank you, I love you, fuck you might not necessarily be the best thing, especially because of the fuck you in there. And I've had a lot of issues getting my podcast distributed um, on different platforms because some of my episodes, like my Christmas episode, The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, has expletives and cuss words in it. So it's something to think about. But let me know which one you would prefer. Reckless Digest or Thank You, I Love You, Fuck You as the name of the podcast. Um, But I'll probably be making the final decision myself. Anyway, um, Thank You, I Love You, Fuck You is a segment where I take the time to thank any and everything or everyone who's done some good in my life um, or maybe even take as a sarcastic jab at someone. Say I love you to those who've given me some love or light that week and to say fuck you to everyone who needs to hear it. So we'll go ahead and hop right into it. Now, for the thank you, I want to say thank you, God, for, and I feel like I thanked God, like, ever since I've initiated this episode, except for, like, one episode, so thank you has always been God. But thank you, God, again, for removing an individual from my workspace before I had to physically remove myself out of pure annoyance. Now, part of me didn't want to do this because the person is not terrible. They're not awful. They're actually really sweet when you get down to it, when they want to be. They're just mad annoying oh my god now i mentioned in the last podcast episode in pet peeves um people just talking for the sake of talking with no intent no purpose just aimless words it bothers the hell out of me and i have a co-worker or i had a co-worker who fits this to at and it has irked every cell in my body for the last month or so now keep in mind i talk to myself legit all the time bitch i'm crazy kind of sorta but usually it's in a low volume or it's under my breath or the preferred option in my head not miss you know what oh gosh i'm getting i'm getting frustrated all over again not miss madam not her i'll be at my desk and here comes home girl oh goodness it's so early Oh, I'm going to go ahead and take my break now. Oh, I'm heading to the bathroom. Did I bring lunch? Well, of course they were approved for this. Oh, I'm so sleepy. All of this to no one but herself. To no one but herself. It's so, oh my gosh. It's like the 
I don't know if anybody has ever seen Inuyasha. It's like the characters in Inuyasha who would do whole episode summaries and the characters would replay the episode prior in their head, talking to themselves for no reason. Actually, it's worse. It's worse because they at least did it in their heads. Meanwhile, she always has her mic on, always broadcasting her thoughts to people and it is mad annoying. And then on occasion, sometimes, um, because people like me, I guess, people will come to my desk and speak to me. And then she's quiet, but she will constantly clear her throat as if to imply that we're loud. And maybe that's me being sensitive. I have a tendency to pick up on things and sometimes those things aren't real things. Sometimes whatever I think I'm picking up on, it's not there. However, that's what I take from it, which makes no sense because Miss Ma'am, I'm talking to a person, a real life human being, not myself, a whole other person. How conversations are usually had. So why are you mad? So thank you, God, for blessing her with another opportunity and getting her right the fuck out of my area. Wish you nothing but the best, girl. Good luck. Um, I want to say I love you to Megan the Stallion for giving me a whole host of new music to add to my stripper playlist. Big old freak was in my top five for the last episode, and it is still heavy in my rotation i love that song along with freak nasty which i didn't care for before but the street bitch in me vibes to it now and i'm excited about it and also didn't know megan was a fan of anime like she's referenced anime characters like goku and she's referenced like tomb raider and her raps and stuff like that and the nerd hoe in me gets really excited about anime shout outs or video game shout outs especially from girls um who are kind of made out to seem like they don't play um, video games or they're not good at it. I love stuff like that. So to hear her reference that, it made me love her even more. And I'm so excited that she's finally getting her name out there more. Like, it seems like I've heard of her in all these different places on all these different big platforms and all these different YouTube people that I watch. It seems like she's been everywhere in the span of like three weeks. And I'm really excited. Um, unfortunately, I did hear that she lost her mom um, yesterday, which is so awful, especially because she's starting to gain her momentum in the industry. And I can't imagine what that feels like. And I'm praying for her in this moment. And now we're going to go ahead and get into the fuck yous. I have a few this week and I feel like it's going to take us some time, but we'll try to get through it at a quick pace to start. Fuck every single last person driving an automobile in Orange County. Now, I know I've already cussed out the drivers in the state of California as a whole in a prior episode, but I want to spotlight. I want to spotlight Orange County because you hoes are a different breed. And I don't know if everyone has so much money that they don't value their vehicles or their lives or what you have, but I am over it over people deciding that they're going to chance running a stop sign right in front into oncoming traffic over niggas deciding to jump in front of me before they turn at a four-way intersection i got into my very first accident last week because someone was not looking and backed into me as i was already backing out in a parking lot stop driving stop driving anywhere stay home fuck y'all um, secondly, I want to send an extra crispy fuck you to Daniel Caesar, also known as 
Daniel Seizure, that's what my mother calls him, who was feeling his gap particularly hard last week and got on Instagram and decided to make some very ignorant and conflicting comments in regards to black people in support of some girl who does something in Miami, Miami by the name of Yes Jules. I don't know who she is. Yes Jules has been called out recently for some old tweets she posted, essentially applying that black women are jealous of her because black men love her. Okay, girl, I guess. Um, and posting a shirt that had the caption, niggas lie a lot, and asking if she could wear it to a festival. So a black Twitter essentially began and kept dragging her. And Daniel said, not on my black ass watch, not over here. Um, and I'll actually let y'all hear a small bit of the clip. So let me see, Jenny. Can we go ahead and roll that clip, actually, please? Are there black people in this in this chat right now? I can't tell. Yo, I know. Make sure there is. I love you guys. Yo, you guys are listening, and I love you guys so much. But this, we're like talking about something serious. So I'm like, I don't want to talk about shows or like being, you know, like artist stuff. Why? As I don't know which black people are in here, but I want you guys to talk up right now. Why? Why do we? Why do why why are we being so mean to Jules? Why are we being so mean to white people right now? That's a serious question. Why is it that we're allowed to be disrespectful and rude to everybody else? And when anybody returns any type of energy to us, that's not that's not a quality. I don't want to be treated like I can't take a joke. Mm. I just went through that that the fucking Chappelle shit and I had to like in the moment acknowledge that I was being fucking sensitive sometimes, You know what I'm saying and that I need to be able to take a joke just like everybody else No, That's what it is people are allowed to say what the fuck they want And it's I'm allowed to feel how I want but it's like am I gonna fight them or am I gonna accept what they have to say and keep it fucking moving mm. Why are like this doesn't this is I only treat people that I don't respect and don't think that they can take a joke. I think that they're less than me. Those are the only people that I that I don't fucking say my honest opinion around. Mm. And that's disrespect. White people have, I see what you're saying. White people haven't mean to us in the past. I have a, like, what are you gonna do about that? Tell me what you're gonna do about that. There's no, there's no answer other than gaining understanding and keeping it moving. That's some biblical shit. Yo, bridging the gap, man. You have to bridge the gap. I'm sorry, yo, I'm drunk as fuck right now, okay? All right, y'all. So that was a very small portion of the live. I was not about to play the full thing because if it upset me, I knew it was probably going to upset y'all. Not doing that here. So after Daniel ended the live and fled back into the shadows with the one ring, black people began to rightfully drag his ass up and down coastal America, and I was here for it. To start... You asking at the beginning of the live if there were any black people in the live, as if that's not your main and target demographic of listeners, either hints at you being delusional to who's supporting you, which would make sense to me, or that you came in the live with the intent to antagonize, which is what I believe. Now, don't get me wrong. That's a smart tactic. And you see it all the time in entertainment and in the media. It's like a formula. So you upset black people. You get dragged for it. People make a bunch of memes about you. You continue to get dragged for it. You get a bunch of news coverage and a bunch of publicity. And either you apologize at the end or everything just goes back to normal with no apology since the majority of the people in the... um. The majority of the people consuming news in this country, they either don't care or they think black people are annoying for complaining about everything. 
or anything and they find it amusing but that's something else i digress um so your first question why are we being rude to white people i really wish that you had expounded on that question because i'd really like to know where these real life documented instances of meanness and rudeness to white people are because if you're talking about memes saying that white people don't season their food or how they can't dance or how susan can't properly insert black slang in her sentences where it should go then bye because i'm going to keep laughing at those memes and you can't be my ass so what especially since i've seen much worse memes of black people that don't target air quotes quirky shortcomings but stereotypical racial disparities like poverty and economical status but again i digress that's something else now of course there are instances of black people being rude or belligerent or just downright nasty to black people to white people (laughs) i'm sorry to white people um just like there's instances of white people being mean to black people or any race being rude to any race however what you and people who have your mindset believe being rude to white people is is voicing an opinion or any opinion or any criticism of certain things that white people do that black people find racist problematic or just insensitive and that's not being mean that's called holding someone accountable Next, you asked, why are we allowed to be disrespectful to everyone else? And then when we get it back, we want to be mad. I also want to know where this examples is the the key word of today. I would have loved for you to have had some real life examples of these things since it, it sits. It since it seems like it was sitting so heavy on your spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. To an extent, I understand what you're saying, because I have seen some very prejudiced ideals from certain black people on like Twitter, which is just, which is a swamp. It's it's, a, it's like sewage. But I, in those same instances, I see black people call other black people out when it comes to that. So I don't necessarily know where that comes from. Also, the I don't think the disrespect is any worse than the disrespect that's aimed at us. Black people can get real spicy and real saucy with the disrespect, but I feel like It's the same with any other race. So again, don't understand that. You also said people can say whatever they want and that people need to be able to take a joke. And that's false. That's false. That's a black ass lie. All jokes aren't funny. Um, Everybody telling jokes isn't funny. And I don't have to find them all funny. And if your joke offends more than it entertains, then you need to learn how to tell better jokes. And that's just that. And you're definitely allowed to say whatever you want. We live in America. Um, Freedom of speech. People love to throw that around until somebody says something they don't like. But that doesn't mean that everyone has to agree with what you say or that they can't call you to task for some of the dumb shit that you say, which is what dumb caveman looking niggas like you hate. You said a bunch of other dumb shit about bridging the gap when you can't even fix your own and how black people complaining has gotten them to the hasn't gotten them to the top of society and a bunch of other things that I do not have the time or the desire to pinpoint and discuss. So what I'll say is this. You, Daniel, show an amount of ignorance that I haven't seen out of someone in a long time. And by a long time, I mean a few weeks because a lot of you niggas are fairly dumb as well nowadays. So it doesn't take much time for somebody to outdumb the other one. First of all, nigga, you are not even from here. You're from Canada. You spent the majority of your life in the suburbs surrounded by white people. You have no understanding, obviously, of the racial climate in in America, historically and right now. Second of all, 
You cartwheeled in front of a speeding car that wasn't even driving in your direction, sweets. Nobody was talking to you. Does Yes Jules even know who you are? Is she aware of your existence? Did she at you on Twitter and send you a positive message after this? Do you think she cares that you potentially destroyed your career for her? Probably not. Third of all, why in the strawberry banana fuck would you decide to specifically target what is essentially your biggest demographic with this type of antagonization? Why? Let's be real, sis. White people don't rock with your music. Hell, your home country don't rock with your music. Let's be clear about that. You've released 10 singles thus far. 10 of them. You've had one chart in Canada and not even in the top 40 there. You've had two out of those 10 chart in America and their highest charting positions were on which charts? US R&B and hip hop, which is targeted towards who? Black people. Sweetest heart, you have your nerve and to round it all off in the worst way nigga you have the nerve to be steeped in this ignorance all while being ugly and usually i don't like to i don't like people criticizing people's looks whenever they make comments because i feel like it's it's like a way to silence people and send the message bitch you're hard to look at so your opinion is invalid and to me i feel like that's not true. And I struggle with this myself because I say all the time, it's always ugly niggas with the most to say. Um, and it's not like it's not true, but I acknowledge that it's flawed. But not for you. You got the nerve to open your mouth on how black people should advance in society looking like the physical personification of back child support, looking like unpaid traffic tickets in human form, looking like the very first human being evolution kicked in i before evolution kicked in i'm sorry i just nigga how dare you and you said cancel you and make you broke girl i think we that need to no move lonzo that ain't no problem huh? that ain't no problem well do not think that you have to tell me twice because you definitely don't you didn't have to tell me at all honestly because the only song i like of yours is get you and i only like the first verse so you never got past the pilot episode to get canceled by me in the first place so good luck with the remainder of your career. Fuck you, ho. Um, and you know what? And a special fuck you to the nigga who kept saying, mmm, in the background, like you were saying something profound. It seems like you got the type of niggas who'd see you in a steamer, but tell you it's a sauna. But that's your business for however much longer it lasts. Um, fuck you, nigga. And I was going to have one last fuck you. Um, you know what? I am. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead. It's, it's a bit of a story. Um, so... The last fuck you is actually several years overdue at this point. And like I said, it's a small story that I want to share with y'all. Hopefully it won't run over too long, but this segment is already long. So let's go ahead and just get into it. So several years ago, when my old ass was in community college, I took part in a talent show with a friend of mine. Now I played piano and she sang and we did someone like you by Adele and it was magical and beautiful and all that good stuff. Um, so it's the day of the talent show and we're at rehearsals. We walk in and there's this black girl and she's small framed and she's petite and she's got really cute circular glasses and she's got curly hair and she's singing a kind of like mellow emo sounding song that maybe you play in like a bathtub with low lights and a toaster in the background. I don't know. Um, and there's a white guy playing guitar with her and we sit and we listen and it's nice and whatnot. And we go on stage and we do our run through and most of the people there are impressed because we're bad music playing bitches of course so 
we come across the girl backstage and she compliments us and we compliment her and her her guitar player and talk about how excited we all are and you know all that good stuff and wish each other luck fast forward to the night of the talent show we're backstage in the dressing room waiting for our turn to perform and the girl from rehearsals is on before us so i'm in my zone i can barely hear anybody performing i'm going over my part and my hand positions and core positions in my head um waiting for our turn so out of nowhere i hear i know she not serious so i come to the side of the stage to stand with my friend and some other contestants and see, this hoe has changed her set to a medley. Now, keep in mind, during rehearsal, she did one song. And once you um, basically, I guess, lit the stagehands or whoever know what song or what type of performance you were doing, you were not allowed to change it afterwards. So she had did one song. Now she's changed it to a medley. And that medley includes the song from rehearsal and a, an acoustic guitar version of what song? Someone Like You by Adele. So, naturally, we're shocked and pissed off. Now, she finishes um, her set, and she comes backstage, and we have to go on right after her and perform the exact same song, looking like we copied her. So, nonetheless, we performed, and we killed it. Um, First-degree murder charges, all that good stuff. Um, We ended up placing second overall by homegirl's thieving ass, was disqualified on the spot. Um... And we saw her around school several times after that, and we usually paid her ass dust. And I tried to do like some forgiving at some point in time, but it didn't work out. Um, but since I can't remember at this point if it did work out, fuck you, ho, fuck you, bitch, fuck you, and your whole life, and your Be- your Beetlejuice ass voice, ho, and your scamming ass ways, and your nightmare before Christmas ass song choices. You got what you deserved. You got what you deserved, ho. And I think that's going to wrap it up for thank you. I love you. Fuck you. Um, let's go ahead and hop into the next segment. Alrighty, y'all, we are back and we're going to go ahead and hop into our next segment, which is going to be pet peeves. Now, pet peeves is a brand new segment that I only just debuted in like the last episode. So when I say new, it's like brand new. It's the new bitch on the block. So it's basically a segment where I discuss and pick apart different things from the biggest to the smallest that annoy the hell out of me. And I'm easily annoyed. So it's a lot of things. Um, quick announcement. Um, it, I know I said Unpopular Opinions was going to be making an appearance in this episode. I am indecisive. I don't know what I want. So more than likely, it'll be in the next episode and look forward to it. So I think I only have like three things. Three things. Yeah, for this episode. So let's go ahead and get into it. Number one on the list of pet peeves. Friends who don't acknowledge their friend's success or flip conversations onto themselves and their successes. Now I've experienced this in varying degrees throughout my life so far. And luckily a lot of the niggas who were heavy with this type of foolishness have mostly phased themselves out of my life by now. However, I do catch small bits of it from other friends every now and again, and it bothers the hell out of me mostly because there's nothing worse than me coming to a friend with what I feel like is an accomplishment or good news, whether that be something happening with the podcast or a new milestone with the podcast or a new job prospect or traveling or I got my toes did, whatever I feel like discussing with you at that moment. And they either don't acknowledge it, gloss the fuck over it entirely, or try to one up it with something that they've done in an attempt to 
I feel like take the shine or the spark away from me. Like I hate a well me too bitch type of bitch. I just like it's one thing if you're talking about yourself in a conversation in an attempt to relate to what I'm relaying to you. But if you're doing it just to take attention from what I'm saying, like you can honestly double dutch on a pack of thumbtacks. That's how I feel. And it upsets me even more because of the type of friend that I am. Like whenever someone comes to me with something they've done or something they're excited about, I try to big up them. Like the biggest of up them. Like I be overexcited. And sometimes even if I don't know what the hell they're talking about or may have done, I'll still be like, yes, go the fuck off. Yes, queen, you better. Queen of everything. Queen of what? Just because I know what it feels like to be ignored and overlooked by your friends and knowing how that feels, I would never want anyone to actually, you know, feel like that. I would never want to make somebody unintentionally feel like that. Now, I say unintentionally because, bitch, maybe you didn't piss me off and I do want you to feel like that. I do want you to know that I don't give a damn about what you're saying. But most times, that's not the case. So for me to approach my friends with that type of attentiveness and not get it back, it just irks me. And it feel, it makes me feel like, well, bitch, if you're going to be this lethargic and uninterested and unconscious while I'm telling you this should I even share news with you anymore should I share anything with you because I also feel like I have good communication with my core friends and that it shouldn't be a problem so I don't know that's something that irks the hell out of me number two long ass dating profiles on dating apps or hookup apps whatever you want to call it now I mentioned in the last episode that I'm planning to start dating again this year. And while I haven't updated my pictures and jumped into it full time, like I said, I would, I have downloaded a few of the apps for research purposes, of course. Um, and just to peruse and see what's out there. And I'm honestly already so mentally tired and exhausted just from the little bit that I have seen, but nothing really irks me more than niggas with long ass dating profiles for no reason like niggas will have their whole seven page resume as the dating description which is a huge ass red flag to me now niggas with nothing in their profile equals niggas looking for sex and niggas with short novels in their profile equals equal either overly talkative or high key crazy there is no in between for me now niggas who have ask or ask me only could be either way it could be either or um and it's just odd to be looking at your pictures and your profile and thinking oh he's cute and oh he likes harry potter and maybe i'll message him and just to get down to your about me section and i see how you like walks on the beach and reading and coffee and how you're giving this another chance even though your ex of four seconds broke your heart and how you just want to find a connection and you're going to make it in this world one day and how johnny bravo was sexist but he was also hilarious it's like girl you just put your whole life story on here and didn't get not nan dollar for it i just feel like to be tact and concise is an art. And if you can say everything you need to say in a shortened way, in the shortest way possible, and have it be understood, that's bomb. Plus, if you had wrote less and left some of, the, of a, some of a mystery, maybe I would have messaged you and you could have hooked me before I knew what was up. Now I know from jump, you crazy, and I'm swiping left. Number three. People telling me to smile, and this is one of my eternal pet peeves. It is never going to go away. It is always going to be at the very top, possibly, of my top pet peeves because I hate it. You want to know the quickest way to have my face basically implode in on itself in protest? Tell me to smile. 
I've literally dealt with this almost my whole life. So I have re- I have resting bitch face which I inherited from both my mother and my father. And in my natural state, in my most comfortable state, my face sits between quiet concentration and bitch, I'm mad. And there's literally nothing I can do about it. And whenever I'm in public or around people, I'm always getting prejudged as bitchy or rude or stuck up or mean because of it. Even people who know me, like semi know me or know me know me, will come up to me and be like, what's wrong? And I'll have to be like, girl, what? nothing and they'll be like but you look upset and i'll have to be like oh no that's just my face it's literally just how my face sits and it's slightly annoying but it's nothing awful but i cannot stand being out and about or at work or whatever and walking past someone just for them to look in my area in my direction stop me or try to get my attention and say hey smile first of all nigga how dare you invade my space to offer a command I don't walk into your cubicle like, hey, wash your ass or hey, don't be dusty. Secondly, don't instruct me to do anything. Don't tell me what to do, bitch. I'm grown. I do what I want. Thirdly, smiling causes wrinkles and fine lines, which is exactly why Tyra Banks taught me how to smile with my eyes at age 11. Fourthly, I don't know if fourthly is actually a word, but we're going to use it today. Fourthly, I don't even know how to smile. So you putting me on the spot like that makes me feel like I need to beat your ass. And it just comes down to, I. there's an example that I can think of that actually happened this week. One of my coworkers was coming back to their desk and I guess maybe they were thinking about how niggas are trash or how the economy is just whatever. And they were they had a very focused, scrunched look on their face. Somebody else took it upon themselves to be like, hey, smile all out loud and in the open. And my coworker kept walking and was like, for what? And when I tell you, I felt that, Deep in my spirit, that turned on a light deep down inside of me. And I was like, oh, this is the phrase that I've been needing all my life. For what? Smile. For what? And I know that somebody out there is going to list all the positive reasons that I could be smiling. And while I acknowledge that, shut up, bitch, because that's not what we're here for. Smile for what? Humans are legit getting worse every single day. On top of that, if this is happening at work, it's likely that it's early. And I'm tired and my back hurts. My bills have decided that they're just going to keep coming no matter what I say. Final Fantasy VII isn't coming out for another 15 years. The Final Fantasy VII remake isn't coming out for another 15 years. HBO is $15 a month. And all I want to do is finish season three of Insecure. But they didn't caught on to me getting the free trial from the same device. So I can't even do that now. I still haven't managed to trap an Instagram rapper nigga after four years of being in California. And instead of me being on a yacht with someone's rich father who just wants to talk about literature and not touch me, I'm here with you under bright fluorescent lights, listening to you tell me to smile for no reason other than it making you feel better. Get the whole fuck out of my non-smiling face. Thanks. Um, And that's actually going to do it for a pet peeves this week. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. All right. So we are back and we're going to go ahead and get right into 16 bit madness. So it's been a good minute since we had this segment on the show months, actually. Um, So for anyone new listening, 16 bit madness is my semi gaming segment where I discuss games. I may be playing games. I'm excited about playing when they release and the occasional headline in gaming news. Now, keep in mind, though, 
I'm a fairly casual gamer, so I am not who you want for in-depth anything in this regard. I just be talking. So, yeah. That aside, what have I been playing? Um, oh, so I'm still playing Persona 5, but not nearly with the same fervor as before. Now, I still thoroughly enjoy the game, and I've had like a really bomb time playing it. I really like a lot of the RPG elements of the game. RPG elements, it's an RPG game. I really like the game. However, it's starting to drag. Actually, it's been dragging. I'm almost 120 hours into this game, partly because I failed Kamashita's Palace the first time and had to start over, but that's something else. And I don't know, like, I know I'm past the middle, but I don't know how close to the end I am. And it's become a semi-chore to even play it. Like, especially now that things that used to make it interesting and fun, like leveling up my different personal skills, like my intelligence and my guts and all that type of stuff and my confident rankings with the different um, team members and stuff. It just seems extra routine and boring now, especially when I finish palaces early and I have like eight days to just wait until whatever happens and that's all I'm doing, it's just boring. And the more I play, the more I realize I kind of don't care about anyone but Joker and maybe Ruigi. And Yusuke's a creep. And fuck the Okumura Foods Palace. It was tedious and pointless and it added 0.5% to the actual story and it didn't happen until the very end of the damn palace. I don't know. I just thought... I thought Persona 5, whenever I very first started, I thought it was going to be like Breath of the Wild, which honestly, it really does seem like a living, breathing world and something that I could probably come back to and play forever. There's still a large portion of Breath of the Wild that I feel like I probably haven't discovered. And every time I replay that game, I'm always finding new things. I thought that Persona was going to be something like that, something that I felt like I could just perpetually play forever. However, it's not. And I'm ready for it to climax and be over. Also, Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX have finally released. And you already know my black ass purchased both of them the day that they dropped immediately. All for the nostalgia. So when this was first announced, I got on here and screamed and hollered and showed my ass. I was very, very hyped about having Final Fantasy on the Switch and having the ability to play it wherever I wanted and on the go and all that good stuff. Now, am I actually going to play it on the go? Absolutely not, because you niggas steal. But the option of being able to play it on the go is bomb and iconic. Especially since I never got to finish Final Fantasy VII officially because somebody stole my PS3. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy IX was a nice, ooh, a nice blast from the past. Especially since it's my absolute favorite Final Fantasy. Like out of the whole series, it's my favorite one. I have a real connection to it, and VV is iconic, and I love him, legendary. Um, my only real criticism is the black borders around the screen, and I know that. There's really there wasn't really anything that they could do about it if they wanted it to fit the screen. I know games like that came out around that time, around that period, they weren't made to fit wide screens. So if it was, I guess, stretched out or if it was put on the screen without the borders, it would probably be stretched to hell and back. But it's slightly distracting. Um, but moving forward, Kingdom Hearts 3 release like Two and a half months ago, and I'm late, but well, girl, it is what it is. Um, 
And I guess I can finally stop saying, you know, that it's not real and that it's not going to happen and that it's a lie um, because it's on my PS4 right now. So it's real. Um, I don't know. It's been a long ass time coming, but it's here and it's out and it's beautiful. And granted, I still have not played it at all because I bought the story so far version that includes all 500 games spread across 17 different platforms. So I... I have some. I wanted to buy it so that I had some type of semblance of an understanding of the story. Granted, I still fully expect to come out of it not knowing what the hell is going on, but I'll at least have an idea. Um, and really, I don't even have to do that because Square, um, I guess they knew that they had put out a whole bunch of games and then nobody knows what the hell is going on in this story because they have like a mini breakdown, like a mini summary in the actual Kingdom Hearts 3 game. I think it's like in the settings. So if you don't want to play all 7,000 of the prequel games and the, the whatever, then you can just listen to the summary. But I want to personally firsthand experience it. So maybe at the end of this year, I can actually hop into Kingdom Hearts 3. Right now, though, I'm currently making my way through the very first one, and I'm stuck in Hollow Bastion, and I cannot remember where I have to go to find or locate this book in this in this library, and the stubborn bitch in me refuses to just look it up on YouTube, so I really don't know if I'll ever play Kingdom Hearts 3 at this point, because I put that down like two weeks ago, and I just, I refuse to be bothered. Um, I did play like 15 minutes of it, just to get a look at the character designs, and the graphics, and everything like that. The graphics are stunning, and it looks really cool to see the world in such an HD way. Um, like just the scale and the scope of everything and it's just it's just interesting however on the same token though the character designs are slightly odd to me um well not necessarily odd maybe striking is a better word i mean i guess i'm more used to the cartoonish look of the earlier games so to see all of them in like hd with these very realistic character designs was and still is odd to me but it's a pretty game nonetheless um, moving on to something else, Google has been hinting for the last few months or so, maybe longer, I don't know, about plans to get into the gaming industry. Now, originally, people assumed that they'd be making their own console of some sort, which I would have been interested to see just because I like a lot of the hardware that Google puts out. I like a lot of the form factor and the designs of it. So I would have been interested to see a Google console. I feel like it would have been something cool or, or futuristic, or at the most, it would have been something just sleek and nice. I know that they're real big on minimalism. Um, I, I think, what is it? You can see that with their Nexus lines which I've always really liked. So it would have been interesting to see a console from them. However, that's not the case. So they revealed that they're actually planning to debut a cloud-based platform that streams games, and it's called Google Stadia, I think is how you pronounce it. So I guess think Netflix or Hulu, but for games. So apparently... It's going to be a data center somewhere in Quantico Bay that takes care of the processing of the graphics and things like that. Um, you just have to have good internet connection. And I'll talk about how I feel about that later. And also, streaming apparently isn't relegated to just television. So if you can stream games to like your tablet or even your phone, you have that option, which seems like it sliced right into the Switch's main pool. But maybe that's something to think about whenever it actually comes out. But bitch, can you imagine something graphically stunning like like Final Fantasy 15 on your phone? And I'm not talking about the great value pocket edition version, but the actual game. I just 
I'm sorry. I just got upset all over again thinking about like thinking about that still makes me mad. They really tried to sell that game for like $30 with it legit looking like my net pay after the government takes the taxes out. Like I they uh anyway, I digress. This sounds interesting and very Futurama-y, um, but I'm still very touch and go with the thought of streaming services for games. For one, I still buy physical games. And this is mainly because digital games don't necessarily know what a sale is, what a real sale or a markdown is until like three years after the release. And a bitch's pockets are not as thick as I am. So I don't have it set up like that to be paying $60 for a game that came out a year and a half ago when I can get it on Amazon for like $25. So a large portion of the games that I buy still physical. On top of that, good internet connection is subjective. We have the highest speed of internet in our house for our cable provider that they offer. And it was not nearly enough to stream games on PS Now during the little trial period that we had. Now, granted, that might have been possibly something more on the side of Sony and the service that they had. It might have not necessarily been us. But I read on a lot of different forums and things like that that it was across the board with a lot of people. And that if you didn't have like super high, strong ass um rhinoceros internet that it was just buggy and laggy like that for everyone so to me i feel like if legit we had to disconnect every phone tablet anything in this bitch and have just the console connected to the wi-fi to get it to run semi-smoothly so the thought of needing air quotes just a good internet connection to me sounds like a possible roadblock as it is price point that's going to be something else that's important because a bitch is broke um but I'm interested to see how Google handles this and how it affects the industry overall because digital game purchases are starting to take up or have been taken up for a while now more and more of gaming profits as time goes by. And I wonder if this will help effectively phase them out. Um, physical games, that is. Hopefully not because, like I said, that's how I buy a lot of my games. Um, I also wonder if this will help start to wrap up the era of consoles and how exclusives are going to work without consoles i guess the the most basic answer would be probably streaming services of their own from different publishers like sony and and microsoft which i think microsoft is already kind of sort of doing anyway so who knows i guess we'll have to see and lastly i want to talk a little bit about a new game my sister actually got me up on called apex legends now the game legit came out of nowhere with no announcement no advertisements no nothing it just dropped and it was free on psn pc and xbox i believe so i walked in on my sister actually playing it and i was like this looks like colorful call of duty what is this um and it's basically a first-person shooter, battle royale type of game. It's real similar to like Fortnite and PUBG or Player Unknown um, Battlegrounds is what PUBG stands for. So you play in teams of three, and there's 20 squads in total in the game. So there's like 60 people in a match. And you basically whittle people down or you wait it out and hide and do stealth and things like that until you're one of the last squads that's there and you battle it out to be the very last squad and you're the champion. Now, I've said to myself that I probably would never play a battle royale game, but a battle royale game because I just dislike things with a bunch of hype. It's it's just the hater bitch in me. Um, Fortnite looks whack. 
and I have no desire to give it a chance ever. And PUBG, I almost gave a chance, but I never actually got around to it. This game, for some odd reason, I don't know. I feel like maybe it was because I had been seeing my sister play it a lot. I was like, all right, I'll try it. I always see her playing it. Why not? Bitch. I was trash at this game. I was absolutely awful. I was so terrible. Oh my gosh. I didn't know which guns were good. I didn't know body shields were basically a necessity to not get down instantly. I was always running around punching bitches in the face, throwing hands without guns, fighting niggas with full on shotguns and I'm punching them. Like I was consistently in 30 second to two minute games because my squad would get eliminated damn near immediately. And I didn't kill anyone until like my 10th game. And I had that one kill. I hung on to that one kill for like another 15 games. I didn't kill anybody else. Like, I remember legit looking over at my sister and saying, when does this get fun? Because I don't like this. I don't like how this is making me feel. But for some reason, I kept playing. And once you get the hang of like what weapons and items are good and good places to scavenge and um, figuring out your player um, specific specials and things like that, which I still don't know how to do. Um, And above all else, having a clutch ass team, it actually flows really well and it's really fun. And because compact, because combat can go like really quickly, um, unless you're like avoiding players, it's something that you can play in like quick matches and then just go about your way. So, so far I like it a lot. Now I'm not sure if it's something that I'm going to continue visiting long-term. Um, but I am interested to see how they continue to develop the game, but we've talked nerd stuff for a good long, strong minute now. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up 16 bit madness. Let's move on. Alrighty, y'all, we're going to go ahead and keep things moving along with our next segment, which is actually going to be Talking Points, which was not present in the last episode. So Talking Points is our semi-hot topics, semi-open discussion segment where I may talk about things going on in the news or trending on social media, or I may just talk about any and everything I want that may have not been said in a previous segment or even things from segments that may not make an appearance in a current episode, but that I still want to touch on. Um, I want to first lead into this segment with my own personal announcement for you bitches to stop playing with me and put some respect on Mariah Carey's name. I had, I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, but I feel like I need to say it again for good measure. So I recently had a discussion with some people in a Facebook group I'm in about whether or not Mariah Carey is a legend or not at this point in her almost 30 year career. It'll be 30 years next year. Um, to which I say a resounding Yes, bitch, the fuck? I Mariah Carey, a legend? I I don't understand. Uh, Mariah first five singles went number 1, Carey. Mariah two diamond albums, not platinum but diamond, Carey. Mariah first woman to debut at number 1 on Billboard, Carey. Mariah Queen of Christmas, Carey. Mariah, I'm dreaming of a biracial Christmas, Carey. I, I I don't understand. Y'all y'all really have your nerve and I'm tired. A playing with you hoes and y'all have been doing this for years now trying to invalidate this woman's catalog and legacy because she doesn't sing like it's 1993 anymore now granted granted she is largely inconsistent live and i will acknowledge that that's mostly because she has nodules on her vocal cords it's not a whole lot she can do about that she's had nodules since she debuted but she is largely inconsistent now but 
She also still sings very well on her good days. And that's in stark contrast to a lot of your faves who have never been able to sing on their good days or their bad days, past or present tense. They've never been able to sing. So stop playing with Mariah Carey and put some respect on her name. And while we're at it, put some respect on Kota Kuban's name. Because I'm tired of y'all too. Because the majority, if you listen to J-pop, the majority if not all of your J-pop faves who have, who have any type of sexiness in their current music, their videos, their image, yeah, they owe her a check. But let's get into some of the actual topics, most of which are dated because I really don't be caring about what's going on. Um, So I originally wasn't going to talk about the Jussie Smollett situation because I felt like it was old news and dated and confusing as fuck when it comes down to it. But then I decided that I would since new stuff kept coming out legit every hour about the case. Then I decided against it again. And that's when it was announced that all the charges had been dropped against Jussie. And in that moment, I felt validated. Not because I felt like he was innocent or anything like that, more so because all the time I spent procrastinating in my room, eating ice cream and big ass oversized sweaters instead of actually recording, it seemed like it had paid off. Like during that time that I wasted, I got the beginning, the middle and the semi-resolution as a result of my lack of effort and nobody's going to tell me different. Um... But that aside, getting into the actual story, it was reported like at the very top of the year um, that Jesse, who plays Jamal on Fox's Empire and was also in Patrick Ian Polk's The Skinny, if you're a gay, um, was the victim of a hate crime instigated by air quotes two MAGA hat wearing white people who beat him up, tied a noose around his neck and poured bleach on him all while yell all while yelling. This is MAGA country. Now. I uh, I don't pretend to be well-versed in MAGA supporter lingo, but I remember thinking to myself, bitch, this sounds like something out of a cartoon or a badly written sitcom. Nobody talks like that. Um, and apparently other people felt like that because Jesse's story was challenged from the very beginning for its, for its validity. Um, so time goes on, more stuff happens. Um, there's no footage from the attack, even though Chicago has hella cameras around the city. Jesse's not wanting to cooperate with the Chicago Police Department and give up his phone, his sit down with Good Morning America that nobody believed happened. Um, and the eventual arrest of the two Nigerian brothers who were extras on the set of Empire, who were his alleged um, personal trainers, who apparently were the real perpetrators of the attack. And side note, completely unrelated, the short buff one is fine as hell, has nothing to do with anything. I just felt like I needed to express that. Um, that aside, after further effort, evidence came out and the video possibly linking the brothers to the items used during the alleged attack um, and all that good stuff, Jesse went ahead and turned himself in. They had him on like 15, 16, 16 felony counts of disorderly conduct for making a false police report. And the police chief and various other law officials were very spicy in their sharing of information in regards to the ongoing case and its prosecution. Even with the police chief deciding that he was going to go on low-key a media run on various talk shows discussing the, t the case. Like, I've never, it was odd to me. I've never in my life, I don't think, to my current knowledge, seen anything like this before in regards to any other prosecution involving a celebrity. It, it was just very odd to me. So Jesse pled not guilty. Um, a lot of other things 
went down with the case that I'm just not going to get into because like I said, it's been a lot of twists and turns. There's been a whole lot of information in regards to it, a lot of which has been put out and then walked back as false or incorrect or unable to be validated. So a lot of stuff has happened. The end goal at the end of the day, all the charges ended up being dropped against him earlier last week. Um, it's being said that he went forward or he forewent the $10,000 bail that he paid and did community service in what was a part of a plea deal that we'll never know the full details of because the state of Illinois went ahead and threw those charges out, sealed the records of the case, and said, shut my door too, in the process. So now in regards to my feelings on Justice Smollett and the whole ordeal, they're mixed. That's the best way that I could describe it. I don't know if I believe him on or not. On one hand, the story has sounded mid-key fabricated and very Lee Daniels-ish from the very beginning. I remember thinking they had really went overkill with the attack when I read the details. I was like, damn, bitch, a noose and then bleach? Really? That's a lot. But I also don't know if he's lying because why? <laughs> Legit, why? Why do something like this knowing the possible ramifications that would come from it? Like, I've read that he was unhappy with his salary on Empire, which I've heard ranged anywhere from 20000 an episode to 65000 per episode. And this was used as a way to drum up interest and support in him. So I guess that he could renegotiate his contract or the visibility from the attack and the support could get him other roles in Hollywood, something like that. And most people might think, bitch, that's some people's annual salary, $65,000 an episode. That's probably like $500,000 a year. That's a lot. But that's nothing to squeeze. That's nothing to sneeze at. But when you have one, the government taking 45%, not 45, 40% of that off the top. And then you're also rubbing elbows with people who are making $100,000 an episode and with people who are sitting on millions casually while you're on a semi-decent performing cable TV show. Because I don't know anybody who still watches Empire. It was like five years ago. Um, who's not making nearly as much as them. It probably weigh on you. Granted, even with all that, I still don't understand that the first place that he'd go would be, oh, yeah, let's fake a hate crime. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And the one thing that's unfortunate about it is how it's going to affect real victims of hate crimes. Now, I don't believe that it's going to have a particularly large effect. It's going to, uh, I, I feel like it's definitely going to affect whether victims are believed, but I don't believe it's going to have as large of an effect as people think that it's going to because people already don't believe victims as it is. For the most part, people already go into claims by victims with a lot of skepticism. What I do believe is that this is going to be used as an example to undermine, belittle, and invalidate any new claims that may come out in the future. Like, I've already seen, which I, I really need to stay out of the comments of every type of social media platform, but I've already seen comments all over YouTube, certain parts of Facebook claiming black privilege and asking if certain victims are, air quotes, pulling a jussie. And it's just upsetting. And it's going to be interesting to see where his career goes from here. And I hear a lot of people saying it's dead, but I've seen people come back from a lot worse. And he's essentially a social outcast right now, but there is a lot of fire around his name. And he's had the attention of black people since Empire, but now he has white people's attention. Granted, it's in a bad way, but he still has it. And he has the attention of the entire country. So... And I would say more so than even Empire whenever it was in the, its prime viewing wise. So 
it'll be interesting to see. Moving on, a good while back, R. Kelly did a sit-down interview with Gail King on Good Morning America discussing the mute R. Kelly hashtag and the various allegations of him sexually assaulting underage girls. I don't care anything about the interview or what he said. I don't give a damn. Y'all already know how I feel about R. Kelly's Freddy Krueger ass and the deflecting ass niggas that support him. I've already stated how I feel about that. What I was here for was him throwing a seven-year-old temper tantrum in the middle of the interview. I cackled. Actually, actually, do we? I want y'all to cackle with me. Do we have a clip of that? Uh, Jenny, Jenny, do we have a clip? We do. Go ahead and roll the clip. Didn't do this stuff. This is not me, y'all. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. I gave y'all 30 years of my career. Robert. 30 years of my career. Y'all trying to kill me. You killing me, man. This is not about music. I'm trying to have a relationship with my kids, and I can't do it. Y'all just don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to believe it. At this point, we briefly pause the interview to give Kelly a moment. His publicist helped calm him down. I hope this camera keep going. No, we're going to let the camera keep rolling. This is not true. This is not. Oh, my. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I tell you, what I tell you, I cackled. I had a good heart hearty chuckle at this i felt absolutely no remorse for him at all it took me out somebody had to contact the emergency contacts in my phone because i was dead i was deceased um so after this of course because the internet don't care about nobody the memes started flowing in and my favorite was a jersey style remix somebody did of the interview it took me out Oh my, Jenny, go ahead. If y'all don't know, Jenny is my personal assistant. She's the person that inputs all these clips for me. Jenny, go ahead and insert that for me, please. Y'all killing me with this I can't help 30 years of my Robert. 30 years of my career. Dos delincuentes. You're killing me, man. This ain't not about music. I'm trying to have a relationship with my kids, and I can't do it. Y'all just don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to believe it! At this point, we briefly pause the interview to give Kelly a moment. physically feel like I can't breathe I just child when I tell you that's the only thing that me and R. Kelly may agree about you niggas on the internet y'all killing me with this shit oh my god and before you ask the pressing important questions yes it is on my phone and yes it is now a part of my gym playlist it's everything um so moving on from that mess lastly I had planned to talk about um 
the Burning Sun scandal with Big Bang's Sungri and various other idols and Korean business people linked so far because, bitch, they are picking everybody up. Everybody is a suspect. Um, but I think I'll save that for Pacific Rim, which will likely be in episode 13. Instead, we're going to go ahead and take a stab at the surviving Cardi B hashtag. So Mistress of the Mouth, Defender of the Tongue, Rapstress Cardi B had an old video from three years ago resurfaced where she basically admitted to meeting up with men who wanted to sleep with her, taking them home, drugging them and robbing them during her days as a stripper. Now, the Internet somehow, well, not somehow, because I think she put this on her um, her Instagram. I think she put it on her Instagram. So. Instagram, the Instagram, the internet dug it up, I guess, got a hold of it, and the fake outrage basically ensued from there. Majority of it, it seemed like it was all for jokes and whatnot. Niggas um, joking about getting ready to come out, finally having the strength to come out with their confession of how Cardi B drugged them, stupid shit like that. Um, and again, because the internet don't really care about nobody. <laughs> that's the majority of what it was memes and pictures and stuff but i did see a fair amount of people defending what she did and a fair amount of ashy ass niggas trying to equate what she did to that of r kelly and bill cosby now i think a lot of niggas are trash i work off of that basic understanding that's the factory setting um and I'd probably be one of the first to jokingly say, yes, rob these niggas, like how they rob you of your time. That, that would probably be me. However, while and, you know, while I'm not here trying to set up a hotline, a help hotline for these men who made a conscious effort to sleep with someone they knew was disadvantaged and who they probably didn't really know like that. That doesn't change the fact that her actions were also scummy. I'm sorry, not sorry. And to an extent, I get it. When the heel of poverty is like on your neck, most people will do anything to remove or alleviate some of that pressure. But that doesn't make those things any less morally wrong. However, you niggas comparing her to R. Kelly and Bill Cosby need to stop. You need to stop being dumb on the Internet for fun. I don't understand. This woman drugged and robbed men. Yes, but she did not rape them. Bill Cosby drugged and raped women had hella accusers and also admitted to it. R. Kelly has whole tapes of himself assaulting underage girls viewable on the internet right now. Like right now. These are the same straw man's arguments y'all use like asking why these white sexual predators aren't being investigated and locked up, which they really do need to lock these niggas up. However, you use it as a way to invalidate the fact that R. Kelly and Bill, Bill Cosby these niggas really did this stuff and they also need to be locked up. Cut it out. Stop it. That aside, I'm not surprised by this because this is who Cardi B has been. Cardi B has been trash and problematic to me literally since the beginning. And she's a clear example to me anyway of what happens when you elevate somebody based off of looks and likability instead of clear cut talent. This realness and rawness is what y'all wanted. It's what you promoted and it's gotten her to her to the current point that she's at. And I say that as somebody who thinks that she's funny as hell. To an extent, I like Cardi B. I don't mess with her music because I don't think that she's that good of a rapper. I think her flow is really elementary and she reminds me of niggas that would volunteer to read in middle school and high school and then they would have to trace along with their fingers. She reminds me of that person and I can't get into her music because of that. 
However, she's funny, but she's also I don't I don't know. I don't know how to say it without being extremely rude. I just I just someone someone being funny isn't necessarily someone being like talented musically. And she's been damn near the biggest detriment to her career also since the beginning. But she's continued to have success despite all the controversy around her name damn near every month. So we'll see if the smoke from this hashtag actually turns into a fire. Probably not. But alrighty, I think that that's going to do it for Talking Points. It's run long as always. So let's go ahead and wrap up the show. y'all through the grace of god and the power of comfort food we have finally reached the end of the show i want to thank you for tuning into another episode of reckless digest my anxiety is currently on a thousand right now i feel like i'm low-key sweating um because i'm about to burst my selective bubble that i've been maintaining and share the podcast with everyone and i I don't know, but I know that it's necessary to continue to expand and grow. I'm going to have to put myself out there. But the introvert inside of me, I I'm semi content and low key complacent with a little bit of a semi community that I've built up around the podcast. But I know that that comfort is something that I have to break out of. So this is a good thing. Also, I didn't do any leftover segments this episode because I just didn't feel like it. So anything that I left out of the other episodes, you'll likely hear about it in episode 13. Um, And top five and five didn't make an appearance in this episode because I'm unsure if I want to keep it in the show currently. Um, But I am going to keep posting my top five playlist, the five songs that I've either listened to the most out of the week or that I'm just listening to and feeling in the current moment. I'm going to put the links to those in the description tab for you to check out. So if you happen to give older episodes a listen um, and you like the segment, let me know. And I'll look into maybe bringing it back. At the least, it might be something that I include in the icebreaker portion. Just five songs that I'm feeling right now. Um, And I think that that's it. If you'd like, feel free to favorite the podcast on Anchor. Not that Anchor sends out notifications routinely like it's supposed to. Um, Or you can follow the podcast on any other platform that that you decide to listen on. I'm on Spotify. I think I'm also on Breaker. Um, Google Podcasts. Currently working on Apple Podcasts. So you have options. And those might be the preferred way to listen. However, FYI, if you do decide to listen on a platform other than Anchor, which I understand because it's janky as hell, just be sure to download the episode so I can gain that listen and also know who's listening and where. You can always just delete the um, the episode out of your phone, your tablet, however you listen. You can always just go ahead and delete it after you listen to it. Um, if you do listen on Anchor, though, feel free to hit the clap button and, uh, you know, give me some applause. If I say something that moves your spirit or feel free to send me a voice memo in the app if you have some commentary to offer on my commentary. Um, and until next time, you shouldn't have never call me a fat ass Kelly Price.